What's up, Dooms? It's a couple days after Christmas. As you can tell, uh, probably from the sound of my voice, I am not in the studio again. It is your boy, Chris from Brooklyn, Chris Faga. I'm here. I'm by myself instead of a beer. I'm having a little whiskey with you. Uh, it's two days after Christmas, December 27th. Mike's not here. There's a good reason why me and Mike are not together today. Uh, we both have COVID. That's right. Uh, uh, my girlfriend tested positive with a rapid test on the 24th. Uh, I got my PCR test that was also taken on the 24th, Christmas morning. And I got the gift of not having to have a Christmas. That's right. I mean, I would have liked to see my brother. I don't like the idea that he was alone on Christmas, um, if he doesn't need to be. Um, but these things happen. If you know me, you know I don't enjoy a holiday particularly much. It, it, when you have a tumultuous childhood, you don't really love holidays. You know, my mom, uh, she had her she had her issues with drugs and stuff. My brother got hurt when I was young. Uh, you know, we were tight on money. It makes it a little complicated. Especially sometimes we would see... I remember I went over to my uh, my cousin on my dad's side once. And they just had gotten all these fucking toys. And we were young. I mean, we were probably like fifth grade or something. My mom had some fucking loser living in the house. And uh, they gave us each a fishing rod, which we both kind of knew we would never use. Me and my brother. We just knew that they... Forgot to get gifts. We lived at the time. This is before I moved to Gowanus. This is when I lived out in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. And I know that they were like, what's open? And they just went to a bait shop and got us a couple of fishing rods and told us that there was other stuff in the mail that never showed up. Uh, and then you got to go and you got to like talk to all these kids who have just gotten... It's just, it's not... I don't like the holidays. I think it's a big part of the reason why I uh, created a more traditionally... Untrad- untraditional life whereas like when I was in my like early 20s you know is a wholesaling narcotics so I go to a strip club and spend fucking two grand on a Tuesday for no fucking reason just because I wanted to and it was just like even when that dried up you know I was working in bars because that was fun and then even with the comedy stuff later on it's like to me it's kind of like if I uh if I always had one thing that people didn't want even if it was just like I got to sleep late and I didn't have to take the train during rush hour. You can never take, no matter how many material goods you had around me, you can't really take that away from me. The fact that I don't have to do that. Uh, I think it's kind of a big portion of the reason why I created a thing where I didn't have to do that. Where I created, you know, I own some businesses now. I have some money coming in. Um, you know, I still do gig work here and there for fucking the electrician stuff that I've talked about on the show. Uh, I bartended a couple weeks ago. I'll do stuff like that. But it's like, it's all just to be like, if you have an experience, if you have something, uh, 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 if your day-to-day life is fun, you don't need the holidays. If you've created a fun life, it's why, I think it's why I'm the kind of person who, uh, you know, uh, hurt my foot, uh, I have to have surgery. And then uh, instead of, instead of uh, sitting around just watching TV, I throwing knives and lock picks. You know, I'm that kind of guy. Cause it's like now I can pick locks. That's something interesting that you don't have. I don't care if you, you, you never bought lock picks. You didn't think to do it. I'm thinking differently than you. You got to be different. You got to be different than other people that are around you. All right? That's it. And that's why the holidays are fucking terrible because everybody's doing the same thing at the same time. Flights are more expensive. Go see your family two weeks after Christmas. Be like, hey, I know everybody's there. I know. You want to see everyone, mom and dad? Well, just me. You just me and you will hang out for two days. Uh, look up something to do in their area. See it. Be like, hey, look, I can't quite afford to uh, fly 
on Christmas week. It's more expensive than it is literally two weeks later. I'll come out two weeks later and I will treat you to uh, do one of those fucking painting where you drink wine classes with them. When's the last time they did that? Your mother would have loved that. Just come on a regular day. But look, you got all the excitement of the holidays. You got my siblings. You got whatever you got. You got you got uncles. Just see them. And then I'll come see you in two weeks. We'll spend a couple of days. I'll plan some activity. Plan some activities with your parents while they're still alive, people. Do it. But yeah. I've got COVID. Tested positive for COVID. Uh, the Omicron, I suppose. Who the fuck knows? I don't think there's ever... You don't get the instances. The other shit just fades once the new shit comes out. It's like video game systems. Maybe they'll come back in some retro form in fucking 15 and emulator. They'll emulate what it feels like for uh, COVID Alpha. For, uh, you know, whenever they get to the Omega variant or whatever the fuck they'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. You'll be able to buy it in a retro pack in the COVID-19 Play Store or whatever the fuck. Um, I don't want to blame Mike for me having COVID, but I did uh, get COVID two days after seeing Mike, and he got COVID. Also, the MVP, his girlfriend Alex, who uh, unvaxxed, uh, uncoveted, no matter what happens, uh, she's got a better immune system than literally every one of us. Uh, it's crazy how many times she's been like locked in cars for six hours with people that uh, came down with COVID. It's crazy. So more power to her. But, you know, Mike gave me COVID probably at the Brooklyn Comedy Club Christmas party. I'm just going to blame him. He gave everybody COVID. Uh, and now none of us can do anything. I'm trapped in the fucking house. My girlfriend then got COVID. She's basically like, at first she was apologizing to me. She's like, I'm very sorry because she got the test back first because she did a rapid in the house. I was like, really, I probably gave you this. I was in Canada. Came back. I saw a filthy hobo like Mike Harrington. Mikey Harrington. Sorry. Sorry, Mike, if you're listening. Um, uh, sorry, Mikey. But I, I, uh, I got it. She, you know, people are doing this weird puritanical thing, and I don't like it. It's this very strange thing that we built up. That was what was wrong with this whole the whole way we pitched this fucking pandemic. Everybody feels like if they got this, they did something wrong. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people. I didn't feel like shit. I was like, yeah, whatever. I was running around being fucking reckless like an asshole. Who cares? We were all going to get this at some point. That's kind of how I felt for the last. The fact that this has lasted two years, I haven't felt it for the entire two years. I, trying to be good for the first six months but then once you get into one year territory I was like suck my dick like here's the so now it's like she's apologizing to me here's my nephew Uh, he's down in North Carolina with my aunt uh, my cousin and so my cousin's kid she passed away so she he he lives with uh, uh, my cousin Brian his uncle and then uh my aunt and uncle, who are his grandparents, who adopted him. So technically, they he is my first and second cousin. He's my first cousin and my cousin first removed. Whatever the fuck cousin shit works. Uh, but whatever. So uh, my cousin, my cousin Brian, his uncle gets COVID. And then uh, my aunt has to test the kid, nine-year-old kid, eight years old, something like that. Has to test him for COVID. And he freaks out. And he goes, you're trying to blame me for Uncle Brian getting sick. And he freaked out and started crying because he thought, she thought he hurt his uncle. And that's how we have been. By virtue of playing with his friends, he thought he was being blamed for hurting his uncle. And that's and there's been a lot of uh, talk in the news of this about the brunt of this. And I don't have a kid, so I can't really talk about this as, as openly, but... It is kind of crazy that the brunt of this has been on kids. They're still masked up in schools. 
the kids in it's December. They're still eating their lunch outside in New York City, where they were when they were still in school a couple weeks ago. It's fucking crazy. The youngest kids, because they can't get vaccinated. These vaccines don't even work. The disease doesn't even affect them. Why do we need them to get vaccinated? And now everybody is saying everybody's going to get this Omicron variant. There was an article in The Atlantic about it. Uh, there's a ton of breakthrough infections. I personally, my I'm not getting a booster shot at this point if I've got the fucking shit. My vaccine is over six months old. Uh, I believe March 14th was the date on the second shot. And I was like putting off getting the booster because everybody I knew who got the booster got laid out for two days. I didn't even get sick for two days. I haven't missed a workout. I've lifted every day. Like I'm going for, I'm lifting in the daytime and then running at night. I'm running by my, I have COVID. I'm going outside when it's like 11 o'clock at night when there's nobody on the street in my neighborhood. And I run down the side street a mile and I run a mile back just to do extra physical activity. It's, but it's fucking crazy what's going on. Like we're like, every, and people are still being like, you still got to give that. Cory Booker was just like, thank God I have three shots in me or I'd be back. Like nobody is sick. My girlfriend's on immunosuppressors. Fine. I mean, she's sick. Don't get me wrong. She's got essentially a flu. She's got a bad headache. She's not having a good time. But fine. I'll tell you this. This is something about chicks, though. She went through the gamut of uh, symptoms, like immediately, as soon as the test came back. She was like, this, this. She goes, she's eating a banana. She goes, I can't taste things. And I go, okay, well, then you can't have any of this ham I just made. And then she was like, well, I can taste that. And then all of a sudden, her sense of fucking taste was back. That, but that's just the fucking two years of fucking programming we're all in with this fucking disease. That's the bullshit about this disease is that it's two years of programming that they've been putting into us. That's why my cousin freaked out. That's why people still don't know there's new messaging that contradicts the old messaging. Somebody just told me the CDC said after you test positive, you only need to quarantine for five days if you're fully vaccinated. Um, I read a couple, they just changed it, but a couple of days ago it was 10 days, whatever it is. It's who knows. All I know is uh, I am sick of this bullshit. Uh, I'm done with it. And so now the new thing is this is what I'm uh, this is where I'm going. Um, Trump has been owning the vaccine. Everybody knows you've seen. There's been a couple of interviews. There's one with Bill O'Reilly. Then there's the one with Candace Owens, where they keep trying to be like, "Hey, be anti-vaccine," and he's just like, "Nope, I created the vaccines. They're my vaccines. They've saved millions of people." Blah 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 blah. And so now the new. Um, conspiracy thought on some of the right-wing Twitter accounts that I follow, which they always immediately jump to conclusions, but this doesn't seem that far off. Uh, eventually, the pivot will happen that the reason why the vaccines don't work is because they were a Trump program. So they'll pivot back to their original position. Now, there's a great page called uh, Defiant L's on Twitter, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, where they, they show all of the tweets uh, of the people saying that they would not take the Democratic politicians saying they would not take the COVID vaccine because it's a Trump vaccine and they can't trust it. And then later saying, just go get vaccinated or else you're a murderer or whatever the fuck they're saying. Whatever nonsense horse shit that is. It's, it's a personal, it legitimately is a personal choice. If you think it's going to protect you more, you get vaccinated. This idea that uh, variants are going to come out of the unvaccinated, here's the thing. They probably did. But the Omicron variant is the thing that's going to get us all out of this because it's a mild endemic form of fucking COVID. And we're all going to be, we're all going to just have what I have, which is, Literally, I'm just bored. 
That's that's the Omicron variant. I'm just in the house and I'm fucking bored. Everybody I know has it. No one has fucking symptoms. And we're all just like, ooh, why are we scared of this? It doesn't matter. But anyway, the Trump thing. Um, so Trump basically... So basically they're saying... The right-wing Twitter is saying that they're going to eventually just blame Trump for this. And the only reason I can conceive of this... Is, here's the funny thing. Is the military's got a vaccine coming out. Walter Reed's got one. And they're saying... This is the... Listen to this... Um, uh, explanation of the Walter Reed um, COVID vaccine that they're developing. The military is developing a, a vaccine that's going to be for Omicron past variants and future variants. Um, and what they said is uh, Walter Reed's SPFN uses a soccer ball shaped protein with 24 faces for its vaccine, which allows scientists to attach the spikes of multiple coronavirus strains on different faces of the protein. Mol- they're building a zombie. Why are we building a zombie COVID? They're literally just like, yeah, we're going to patchwork Frankenstein, a bunch of dead COVIDs. It's going to be great. Think about that. Think about like what we're going to do is what we're doing is we're making a, um, we're making a, a vaccine that's going to be a Frankenstein monster. We're going to patch meal it together. We're going to electrocute it. And it, it's going to be, instead of being like a regular Frankenstein monster, it's going to be really little. So you can't see it. I always thought, I always wondered uh, what would be worse, right? Uh, 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 to get raped by one giant cock or a million tiny cocks so small that they can penetrate your pores, right? You don't want to get raped by a million tiny cocks just all in your pores. That's what these fucking Frankenstein monsters and fucking military is making us. They're making Frankenstein soccer ball fucking COVID vaccines and now I'm not fucking with it. I'll tell you this. There's no way they're going to be like, hey, you got to take this new vaccine from the military and I'm going to do it. Go. Maybe they think all these fucking sit in a fucking truck with the sunglasses guys are going to be like, well, got to support the troops. Take that vaccine, dog. I, I don't know what the fuck they think is going to happen when they're literally like, hey, yeah, we're not going to take that. Uh, like Pfizer made Viagra. <laughs> like the world rejoiced. And people were like, no, nah, you're not putting that shit in my body if I have to take it. Right? Literally the thing that was just like, hey, you might have a four-hour-long hard-on that will eventually cause your dick to fly off like a balloon coming off of one of those fucking pumps at a kid's party. <laughs> That's Viagra. And people were like, yeah, fuck that shit. I'll take that. Give me that. Voluntarily? Hell yeah. People, I used to, I sold Viagras for a summer because I knew somebody who stole a bunch from when they left, when they retired from Pfizer, sold me like a thousand of them. I sold them for a summer. I'm talking about the age range was 17 to 70 on those fucking sales. Uh, when I was pumping them, I was selling them, uh, biggest buyers were an Asian fraternity in Long Island and a, a bunch of, a guy who's selling them all to Jamaican construction workers in, in Queens. The, 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 the demographic for that all over the place, the people were still like, you're not putting that in me if I don't get the consent. That's just how we're doing it. You're going to say the military, people are going to be like, yeah, just put, yeah, that's, yeah, nothing's ever gone wrong. That's how Luke Cage happened. Uh, that was a prison experiment, but you get my idea. Look. I think so. That's the thing. It's like I wouldn't believe this thing that they're gonna that it's a conspiracy that they're eventually gonna blame the poor working of, of the vaccine on Trump. I would never believe that if it wasn't for the fact that now the military is developing this new vaccine. That seems like the end run around how to get this in you. Now, thank God. Imagine the military is making this vaccine, and I think it's gonna turn out poorly and kill a lot of people because the military uh, is retarded. Uh, 
but and really never gets anything right uh, other than the A-bomb and how long ago was that really the amount of military waste in this country is insane I don't trust anything coming out of the fucking military but uh, 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 a lot of people don't remember this like Obama ran with this thing that he wanted to make conscripted service for, but not for the military for everything and people like championed him for that and I'm so glad that was one thing he could never get past he ran on that but it's like, imagine every 18-year-old now had to get this weird fucking zombie fucking soccer ball in their fucking arm. I don't want that shit. And look, I get it. I'm saying some wild shit here, but I do not trust a vaccine that comes out of the fucking military. I'm j- That's it. Also, everybody thinks this shit sucks and we're done with it. This is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I tweeted this the other day, but I was like, I'm curious how the quote-unquote science is going to change. Because now in all, you know, every major, everybody I know has fucking COVID right now. Or has had it in the last two weeks. And these are people who were being super careful for the first year and a half of this shit. People, one of the, one of the guys who got, who there's a good chance I got it from, came into my house a while back, like years, it was like, can you put on a mask while we're in your house? And I'm like, you're in my breath. I've just been breathing in here for days. Like, it, it, it may, so these are people who are being like super following this stuff. And they're even there just like getting COVID. And it's just kind of like, we're all going to get it. It's going to be herd immunity, just like they always said it was going to be. What we really should have always been doing is protecting the old people. And anybody who has immunocompromised uh, conditions could opt out of work for a few years and have to get their position back or be moved to remote work. And we should be protecting them. We should get them Instacart. We should le- we should have been letting them walk around outside, but maybe not going to grocery stores. You know what I mean? We should be getting them vouchers for things like Instacart and shit like that. That's what we should have been doing. It would have been way cheaper than what we did. It's nonsense. They just wanted to flex that power. I think basically what it was is every politician wanted their fucking Winston Churchill, Harry Truman, FDR moment. And they're just like, well, you know, people are kind of pussy nowadays. I don't think we can get them to go fight a war. Uh, what are we going to do? Uh, all right. If, it's a, if they can just stay home and play video games, we can make them all feel like heroes and we'll get to fireside chat it up. I think that's just what happened worldwide. They all got in the back room and they were like... If we do this, we'll all get statues. Fuck, I want a statue. What do you want to see? Just fucking do the fucking speaking gig. Build your own statue. Get a nice sculpture that replenishes. Fucking assholes. Whatever. I'm done with it. We're all done with it. I've got COVID finally. So I'm definitely not getting a booster shot. How are they even going to try to be like, you have to get booster shots if everybody with a booster... And that's another thing. Is like The actual booster shot ratio is not that high. Like, there's not a lot of people, and still the hospitalizations and the de- it's imp- Like, it's so anti-scientific to say booster shots are helping when so few people have them and so few people are getting hospitalized. You can make the argument that the vaccine continues protection longer than the six months, but you can't make the argument for booster shots when so few people have booster shots. Like, they're lying. They're fucking overtly li- Like, the kid I was just talking about, he went to get his booster shot and was like, you know what, let me get a test while I'm here, and was positive. They, first of all, they gave him the booster shot. Then, as he has gotten the booster shot, they test him, and then he's now he's got now he's he's got COVID, and they gave him a booster shot, and he still wasn't even laid out. Some people, I do know people who are just getting laid out from the booster, though. A couple of people told me they were laid out for two, three days, which is more than I was, more than my girl was. I don't really want to take this fucking shot if it's going to lay me out for two fucking days. When the actual fucking disease didn't lay me out for two days. I'm just trapped in my house like some sort of... I feel like I'm in a fucking bunker talking to you guys. Like I'm recording this like Krusty the Clown 
at the end of the world. Whatever. We got some Ask the Goons. Actually, before we get into Ask the Goons, let's talk about a sponsor. Let's talk about the fine people at YoDelta.com. You know who YoDelta is. Those guys are the guys. They are the number one supporter of this type of comedy. YoDelta.com. They're fucking fantastic. Uh, what they do is they provide you with Delta 8 THC. Delta 8 is legal in a lot of places. Regular THC is not legal. And it's legal in a lot of states. And they get shipped directly to your door. Here's the thing. It gets you high. You've heard me rave about the gummies. That's my particular product that I like for them. I take a small amount of gummy and I just coast through the day. I don't like to smoke while I'm out, this and that. But you go to YoDelta.com. Use the promo code GAS. You're going to get 25% off your order. They have vape cartridges. They got everything you need. Delta 8 THCY. They're a fantastic company. Yo Delta, Yo Kratom guys, they have been helping us out over here at the network and just doing everything for years. Go check them out. I promise you won't be disappointed with the Delta AT. And here's the thing. If you happen to live in one of those states or if you're traveling across state lines, look into the Delta 8 legality. If you have the Delta 8 THC, you buy a pack of the gummies. And maybe this. Let's just throw this out there. Buy a pack of the gummies. You eat those gummies. And then you fill it back up with your other gummies. I'm not saying the people at YoDelta told me to say that. I'm saying that. You could do that. And all you got to do is go to YoDelta.com, use the promo code GAS, and you get 25% off your order. Check it out. YoDelta.com, promo code GAS. All right. We'll move on into the next thing. Ask the Goon, which is our advice segment on the show. You can go to askthegoon at gmail.com if you need life advice. So let's check it out. Let's check out the old mailbag. I know we got a couple. There was one I put off because I wanted to do it with Mike, but Mike's not here, man. Mike's not here, man. Um, so yeah, ask the goon. Here is uh, uh, tits advice for men. Tits for men advice. Hey Chris, going on your preview advice that arms and shoulders are tits for men. That's not advice. That's a fact. Ask any woman if it, any woman that speaks to you in earnest admits because here here's if you don't remember back in like episode six or so, I called uh, arms tits for men because that's who they are. And I've said it in front of a lot of women. Uh, women will try to argue against this, but legitimately it's like this. You know, if you're a man listening to this, right, you know how like you'd be like, I'm more of an ass guy. But the drunker you get, the better a well-presented set of tits looks to you. Like it's just, they're, you just become more appealing as the night goes on. And that's what I say arms are for men. The drunker a woman gets... The more she's like, oh, that seems like I'm just because they're just they're just there. They're presented the whole time. They're always looking at them. You're moving around. I'll even go a second. I'll go a further thing, and this is for this guy. Well, let's read the email, and we'll get into it. Going on your previous advice that arms and shoulders are tits for men. What exercises would you recommend for maxing my main, my man tits? Not to be confused with bitch tits. Those are different. I'm turning forty next week, so I'm almost Mikey's age. Jesus, Mikey looks like shit, man. I bet you look great for your age. I started listening after meeting you in D.C. at Dave's show. I've since cut up on all the back episodes. My wife is probably tired of listening to a Dago yell all the time. I sincerely doubt that, sir. How could you? I have the voice of an angel. Oh, he's got a fan engagement engagement idea on here, too. So we'll check this out. We're going to be tallying those up. We're going to figure out how to figure out which one's the best ones. Would Mike be willing to fight fans in a Waffle House? There's no shame in bouncing if staff gets involved. That's true. Mike should have to fight just random patrons in a Waffle House. I don't know if that's fan. Well, they must be fans. I mean, 7 billion people listen to this show every week. So they're probably fans if they're in there. So that is engaging the fans. Mike is going to have to knock out some fat fucks at Waffle House. I'll block the staff. I'll just be like, I'll just distract them. I'll be like, so wait a second. 
you're telling me you could put gravy on a hash brown? And they'll be like, yes, sir, we can do anything with hash. And I was like, you're saying you can put peanut butter chips in a waffle, but not in a hash brown? I'll start confusing them, right? I'll crisscross shit. That could be pretty fucking good. But uh, as for advice, I never really actually isolate arms. But I'll tell you this. Here's some good advice. Uh, just to add to what I was saying before, the tits for men thing, forearms, underestimated. Now, here's, here's, what I'll, here's some random advice I'll give you. Get a lightweight in the house or some resistance bands and just while you're sitting on a couch watching TV, just do extra curls, tricep extensions, shit like that. You can just do that while you're sitting on a couch. Do a thousand reps. I think I honestly think my forearms and arms look as good as they do because I use a weighted jump rope. So think about it. You're doing 20 minutes of jump rope in a day. That's thousands of curls, essentially like tiny curls that you're doing. I think you combine that with, uh, I just do, I change it up. I'll, and I'll tell you this, never underestimate the power of pull-ups and chin-ups for your arms and shoulders. People underestimate how good those two exercises are for arms and shoulders. They are fantastic. You don't need to spend a lot of time with preacher curls and all that. I really only do a couple of sets of curls a week and a couple of sets of tricep extensions a week. If I'm on the road and I'm in a hotel gym and they have a cable machine, I will do tricep pull-downs and I'll do cable curls Sometimes I'll do, sometimes I'll just throw in an extra set of curls with like a medium weight, like a 30 pound kettlebell, like a lightweight kettlebell. I'll throw in a couple. I did some of those today just because I'm like, I'm sucking ass. I'm running out of workouts. Um, I do club bells and kettlebell swings are great. What I like to do, kettlebell clean and press is amazing for all of your arm muscles. If you can do, if you can get, if you get your hands on a good kettlebell, a kettlebell clean and press, but I also do um, lateral swings. So I hold, uh, the kettlebell as if I'm doing a hammer curl and swing it across my chest, catch it with the other arm. That's great for your biceps. Uh, other than that, I think that I think those are the best things you can do. Uh, and don't underestimate your forearms. If you can get your hands on a sledgehammer, do some sledgehammer workouts, that shit, or battle ropes, great for your forearms. I do club bells in here. I have a couple of 15-pound club bells. But just anything that you're – don't underestimate. It's not just buys and tries. Shoulders are part of your arms for this analogy. Forearms are underestimated. Get some. Of, you don't need to get some of those grip things, but there's plenty of stuff you do. You know, you can really pop your forearms out. Again, get the pull-up bar out. Finger pull-ups, just with your tips. That shit. And the best thing for I'll tell you this: all these muscles, also maybe not so much your triceps. If you can get one of those big tires to flip, that shit makes your for the first time. I remember when I first got into doing that. I saw my buddy Ryan in the park, and he goes. Uh, like we were just having, like we were just having some beers in the park, a few of us. And he goes, he goes, bro, why is there a bicep on your forearm? And I was like, damn, yo, that's that tire flip. Because my forearms were on fire, like they were burning. And he was like, dude, it looks like your forearm has a whole nother bicep, son. And I was just like, yo, you gotta start flipping tires because you're just using your fingertips to get the tire up, and that's all forearm work. You feel it, like your, it shoots from your, like. Your ring and middle finger through your forearm, and you can kind of fucking feel it. It's crazy. That's the best thing for that. Uh, those are my best. Those are those are my best bets, right there for your for your arms. Let's go into another. Let's go into another ask the goon. Um, this is from Carson. Hey, Chris and Mikey. Maybe a heavier ask the goon than usual, but I would appreciate you guys' advice. I've been with the same girl for seven years, got engaged, and we're supposed to get married mid-2022. 
A few days ago, I came clean to her that I've had a problem with booze and coke for about a year, and since I'm such a bitch, I kept it a secret until now. Couldn't marry her without telling her, so I did, and everything has come undone. We're splitting up, have a whole lot to sort out. We own a house together, have pets, and I've pretty much assumed we were never going to split, but that's what's happening. Do you have any advice for a guy who's about to fully restart everything? What I'm really asking is, what would the two of you do if you had to restart from zero? Thanks, homies. Goon Squad for life. Cheering for them, even if the Texans suck. The Texans are great. They're the lineal Super Bowl champs, probably still. I don't know. I haven't checked in. But there's a couple of things to unpack here. First of all, if you've been with a girl seven years and it's just the last year you've had a booze and coke problem, probably you guys were having some unsorted issues. If you're sneaking out to do... I had a buddy who legitimately uh, came clean. He had been on heroin the entire time. He was with his like five-year girlfriend. And uh, they eventually broke up. They made it work for like six months. She basically stayed with him long enough to be like, uh, I didn't leave you because of this. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But it came, it became pretty evident to him even. He was like, ah, the only way I could really put up with her was I was on heroin. So you could look at it in that way. As far as the house goes, I don't know how long. You've, you didn't give me enough information on that. But if you've had the house for a few years, assuming it's a traditional mortgage and there's no penalty for paying down the principal early, I can't imagine that the value of the house hasn't gone up. Put it on the market. See what you can get for it. I mean, it might take a little bit of time. Uh, but it seems like you'll make a little bit of money. Now, the only real problem is, is if you put down the entire down payment, and uh, just put her name on it, then you can get kind of fucked. But then again, uh, you did choose cocaine and booze over her after a seven-year relationship. So it kind of over something. It's a little, uh, I'm a little old-fashioned that way. It's a little alimony situation, a little palimony or whatever. And also, here's another thing. You don't have that fucking crazy marriage legal contract. That would make life a lot fucking worse just in general. You would have to pay alimony if you make more money than her forever. So think about that. But as far as starting over, you're almost 40. Uh, clearly you have a good plug. So that's, uh, the number one start. If you want to be like a real trash bag, just show up to the bar with Coke all the time. I mean, that's a good way to get laid. And I, I also never under, I always say this, like me and my girl got into it a couple times and she was like, well, I always said like, I was like, well, if we ever break up, I was like, I was like, I don't think I'm ever doing that. I'm not doing another girlfriend. I'm not like doing another serious, like I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm never doing another serious relationship. And she's like, you don't think that's kind of sad? I was like, I don't know. Fucking. In my mind, I was like, hookers and Netflix exist. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be occupied. It'll be fine. You know what I mean? As far as, like, starting over, I don't know what you do for a living, but, I mean, look. I don't know what your social circle is with friends. There's plenty of things you can do. I mean, look. I started after I worked in a restaurant. I worked, that was my life, was my restaurant for years. And then I stopped. You know, I did a little microdose thing, but I, I started doing comedy, which is what I always wanted to do. Uh, and I restarted, and it seems to be going all right. I'm doing okay for six years into comedy. Whenever I listen to fucking old Patrice and Bill Burr clips, and they're like, it takes 15 fucking years before you make a dime, fucking that, that, that. Um, so for six years in, I think I'm doing all right. Um, but as far as just a restart, I don't know. I, I imagine since you're the one that caused the breakup, you'll end up losing the friends. Also, uh, women... It's a weird thing. It's like sometimes, unless you have like a business relationship with a dude, like or like you have like a really long standing. So it's like uh, it was a weird thing where it was like uh, uh, when Chris Stanley broke up with his ex. I remember 
I, my girl tried to still be friends with her. And I was like, that's fine, but that bitch is not allowed in the house. And she was like, well, how come your friends allowed to do I was like, I've known him 20-something fucking years. He's family as far as I'm concerned in his fucking house. I was like, that bitch is not allowed in the house. Um, go ahead, be friends with her. I'm not going to any sort of shit for her. And like, in all honesty, like, it's like, I don't want to go into who was in the wrong in that situation, but it's like, uh, you know, she had every right to be mad. He had every right to be mad the way it played out, but it was like, you know, she had a, she had an argument. I could have been nicer about it, but, uh, in a lot of situations it will shake out that the woman will stay friends with the girl. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you kind of just got to be like, well, either you have a business relationship or you have a closer relationship. So it's like, if assuming she's getting the friend group. There's lots of ways to make new friends as you get older. I, like I said, I've made a lot of friends through comedy, but you could do, you do, you do classes, art classes is an easy way to make. Is it? I think that's a better way to make friends than through work. And like I said, you seem to have a good coke plug. Uh, that's invaluable for God. Look, you might not be able to make some friends in your 40s because you're almost 40, but you could definitely make some friends in your early in their early 30s if you got a good coke plug. Just be sure that you're not making skelly ass friends. Just make, you know good like just do some stuff like yeah you guys want to do some blow and they'll be like now you're boys that's it like it's not even just that you just find common ground with people look here's the thing is that we i guess i ended up being friends with a lot of people who were just like i guess i was i was at the time looking for new friends because a lot of my friends were you know locked into careers and all this shit when i started comedy like it's like i was looking for i was looking for friends i think a lot of people who do that are looking for friends you could find something like that where it's people who are looking for friends i'm sure there's um let me see where did you see where you're from i'm sure look i'm sure there's something along the lines of a fucking comedy i don't go do comedy i think there's too many people doing it it's 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 infuriating um but if you're going to restart from zero, look, you, like I said, you'll probably have a little bit of cash from the house. Get yourself a place. Make sure your place is tenable. Find a new hobby to throw yourself into. Also, uh, don't make a habit of it. But uh, find some loose women real quick and just bang a couple of those out so you're not pining. Have like a quick fling, maybe a younger chick. Get on the Tinder thing, whatever you got to do. Just get bang a couple of those out. I think that's the best way to move on. If you get three in between you and the X, that's when you know you're not making that call. Um, so that's step one. So step one, get the new apartment. Step two, bang a couple of those out. Step three, find a place to find friends. That could be anything. Like I said, I found like I found a bunch of friends that will be my friends forever that I met at open mics a lot. Some of those guys don't even do stand-up anymore. Uh, but they will be my friends forever. I'm good friends now with a bartender. I said, we still talk. The bar went out of business during COVID, but I just ran a show at the bar while he was bartending for two years and we're still boys. So just find a hobby that is kind of transitory. It doesn't have to be a bowling league because it's a little too rigid, but go take a fucking, I took an art class. I didn't, I could like, you could expand the friend group that way. Like, it, I was just doing too much. Um, I got pretty friendly with some people when I took a coding class. But again, I was just very busy with, you know, I run businesses. I have other ways I have to make money. You know what I mean? And I'm doing comedy and I got two podcasts. It, it you know, I wasn't really in the, when I was doing those things, I wasn't really in the market for friends, but they were available. It was there to happen. You could, you could have made friends there. 
Um, or just go full heroin addict. You could just do that. I mean, it seems like to really eat up a lot of your time. Um, you know, you get a bundle for a couple hundred bucks, you know, that lasts a day or so, and then you got to find another one. It takes a lot of time. You gotta, you're always looking for dope and finding it and then doing it, and then you're high for a long time, and then you got to find it again. You got to figure out how you're going to pay for it. it. It really is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an immersive, it's, it, it, it's, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but less gay. Heroin addiction. You could try that. I mean, just a suggestion. All right, we'll move on, and we will talk about our sponsor, Blue Chew. Let's talk about BlueChew.com. B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Use the promo code GOON. You're going to get your first month free. Here's the thing about BlueChew.com. They're an online pharmacy that provides you with chewable tablets. Because remember, we're talking about the same ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Tilafilus, Where you chew them up, and what chewing does is it helps things hit your bloodstream a little faster. Uh, it could at least, and uh, then uh, uh, you fuck, and you basically just take a quick online questionnaire. They'll send you an entire month free if you use the promo code Goon at checkout. You're gonna have to pay five dollars shipping. It's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code Goon at checkout, and you're gonna get your first month free. Just pay five dollars shipping. All right, let's get back into the show. Moving on. Um, <clears throat> this is something I want to talk about real quick. Um, uh, uh, Lithuania. I don't. I don't know if you guys know about Lithuania. Lithuania is the most gangster country on the fucking planet right now. Um, China has said uh, they are going to um, erase Lithuania from the earth. I'm. I'm literally going. What? Why does China have beef with Lithuania? Uh. Uh. uh and apparently, it comes down to. Uh, they just let Taiwan open a uh, embassy under the name Taiwan. That's it. Uh, which they say violates the one China principle. The Lithuanian government does not consider it to be a breach of the agreement. Uh, the People's Republic of China pulled back its ambassador. They basically uh, sent the diplomats home. They were like, bounce. And they were like, I. And they closed up shop in the Lithuanian embassy in China. I did not know this about Lithuania. This is a gangster-ass country. There's a small Baltic state. It's 3 million people standing up to China. China said, hold on, what's the exact quote? I I really... China threatened to sweep Lithuania, and I quote, into the garbage bin of history. They're talking about uh, sanctions, but essentially they're threatening war. Germany is talking about not being able to trade with Lithuania because of because of some of these sanctions. Germany is the most powerful um, economy in Europe, and Lithuania still are just like we're not fucking with it. These are the guys. Remember we talked about a while ago the guy from Belarus uh, who is a dictator who lost the election. They got his opponent in that election just staying in Lithuania. I don't know how the fuck Lithuania got so gangster. And I'm starting looking at So I start reading about Lithuania because I hear about this. I'm going, why the fuck is Lithuania so goddamn gangster? Dude, apparently they have like an 80% market share on fucking lasers. Like lasers for your eye and shit. But still, fucking Lithuania just rocking the laser game. Who the fuck is the A Baltic state. Their, um, their GDP per capita is 41000 I'm pretty sure I heard that old stat, whereas if you make over $35,000 a year, you're in the global 1%. 
Nobody would have thought Lithuania is in the global 1%. Come on now, dog. Lithuania is fucking shit up. Dude, this shit is fucking crazy. Um, they, yeah. They're letting all sorts of fucking refugees in. Look, I fuck with Lithuania. The Taiwan thing, the standing up to China and just be like, no, nah, we're doing this. We're, we're absolutely, we're not getting, we're not getting bullied. Uh, they, they literally like, China's like on state TV. They're going, they're a flea. They're a mouse. They're nothing. Um, who gives a shit? You're getting punked out, you fucking pussies. This is like worse than losing to the Taliban because at least the Taliban wasn't a country. Lithuania's a tiny country. And like, Lithuania's down, I went down this weird hole this is how fucked up the education system is in this country and just the way people like think about things. So I, I was reading about Taiwan. Taiwan is uh, the Republic of China. How fucking crazy is that? So basically, we were talking about the comic book DMZ on High Society Radio last week. And so DMZ is this comic book where a second American Civil War happens. And the United States of America is Long Island. And the demilitarized zone is the island of Manhattan. And the rest of the country is what's called the Free States of America. It's a loosely confederated, basically a libertarian kind of deal. Um, and I go, we're talking about like, this kind of stupid. This, oh, the whole United States is just Long Island. That's what fucking happened. So the Republic of China was formed after uh, they tried to have a democratic revolution in China to knock out the fucking uh, imperial dynasties, right? Um, so when that happens... Uh, Taiwan was still part of Japan because of the first Sino-Japanese uh, War, right? So eventually, after World War II, the Republic of China takes over Japan. And then the People's Republic, of the Communist Revolution in China, takes over mainland China and drives their government into just Taiwan. They're the lineal champs. They're the NWA. Like, if you know about wrestling, so the NWA was the number one thing, and then they kept, like, giving their title out, and then now they're this tiny organization run by Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Taiwan is that in Asian politics. Like, they were this huge... They were China. And now, they're, they're just Taiwan. And what's funny is, like, you just can't call them Taiwan. If they had called that embassy in Lithuania Taipei, fine. Which is, I think, the actual name of the island, but Taiwan is the name of the country that became the country after. Uh, so basically, when the Republic of China was there, they were so scared of the communists taking over what they, that little piece of land they had left. They established martial law that was in uh, that was in from like 1912 or some shit to uh, no, it was, like, it was like 19 whatever 1949 when they ended up there to um, uh, all the way to fucking. Like the 80s. It was martial law, military law of the Republic of China. And then they eased up, eased up. Now Taiwan's got an insane fucking economy. The number one producer of semiconductors in the world is in Taiwan. I always, I, I've said before that I think that's why World War III is going to start. It's because of that fucking company over there. with the TN, uh, TSMC. Um, no, TMSC is the semiconductor company of Taiwan. It's fucking crazy. I had no idea. And this is what's weird to me is like the way it's kind of like talked about 
in the U.S., and I feel like everybody knows, is that Taiwan won their independence from China. Because Americans are so fucking retarded. That's the only way we could fucking ever grasp what it is. Like, I, I feel like most people, I literally was just texting with Stanley about this. I was like, did you know this? I just went down a weird rabbit hole on Wikipedia. He goes, I had no idea. Like, I think a lot of us just think that Taiwan earned its independence from China in, like, a weird little war, like, the same way, like, you know, uh, some of these small countries, like, Aruba kicked out the Dutch, or, you know, Jamaica kicked out the British, or whatever. That's not what happened. <laughs> like, that's all that's left of what used to be the Republic of China, is that little tiny fucking island. That's fucking crazy. And then it just evolved into what Taiwan is today, which is a crazy economy. It's like it's up there with, like, Singapore. It's fucking insane. These like tiny little fucking Asian countries are powerhouse economy. I mean, Japan relatively is a small economy, is a small country. You know what I mean? And you see these fucking it. It's insane. So, but that's just I think that's just how Americans can think about it. Like we can't just go, oh, that was a lot you just said. I was like, that's a fucking gangster ass story. I can't believe I didn't know that. That's so much more interesting than what they were telling us was the actual beef between Taiwan and fucking China. Like so. The Republic of China was super corrupt, caused a revolution. Then they went to another place, had martial law, and then eventually were just like, wait a second, we should have just been what we were always supposed to be, which is a republic and a free economy, and now they're fucking crushing the game. That's a fucking American-ass story. That's what we should have fucking said. But I think people get nervous in this country, government and shit, because if they start telling that story, then it's just kind of like, wait a second, why don't we do that? It seems way better than listening to you fucking dickheads. You've had us locked up for two years when Omicron has taken us all out of this because we're all going to get fucking natural immunity through that shit because it doesn't do anything. You've heard me talk. I'm talking for 45 minutes. Do, do I sound sick, goons? Do I? Come on, goon squad. Do I sound sick? I sound drunk? Sick? I don't think so. So yeah. Uh, gangster countries of the week. We're going with this. Lithuania. Gangster ass shit. Taiwan, gangster as shit. I'm fucking with these countries. Fucking respect. I, you know, I almost kind of regret not going to Taiwan when I was in Asia now. Now I want to go see Taiwan before fucking China actually takes it back because they're gonna, it's gonna be a bloodbath. I want to go see Lithuania and Taiwan. I want to make my pilgrimage to Lithuania and fucking Taiwan in the next few years. Ugh. Let's move on. I mean, we were talking about this. I was talking about the, uh, I was talking about all the stuff where how how we can how we can understand stuff as a country and why they changed the story of China. And I was watching the uh, the new Matrix movie, and I'll talk more about this on HSR this week. But uh, we're talk we're all, we're all going to review the movie. It was okay. It wasn't great. I I didn't love it. It was kind of very. It was more boring than it needed to be. Um, I saw a great meme that was just like Matrix Four pr- proves that chicks make worse movies than men. Pretty funny. Um, because Lana Wachowski used to be, they used to, first of all, now they're the Wachowskis. Wasn't it one, they were both dudes, then one was a chick, one was a dude, then they were both chicks. Is that what happened? Or one's of them, they? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll figure it out. See, I don't have a producer. This is why I I need a producer. This is why I need a producer, goddammit. We'll be back next week. There's no way I'll still have COVID next week. It's going to be fine. But uh, I, I read an article saying that the matrix aged poorly because the option of the uh, notion of red pilling was co-opted. Uh, so people are in 
and, and they're saying that the, the people who call themselves red pilled are in their own matrix where they're denying reality. So they're talking about QAnon people and this and that. But what red pilling really is, is you're not taking government narratives seriously anymore. So the fact that they're trying to twist this on their head, Ryan Long actually had a great sketch about it this week where he's basically showing the differences between the sponsors of right-wing podcasts and left-wing podcasts. And the right-wing podcasts are like, you know, they're supple, because nobody will touch a right-wing. Like Alex Jones' hockey supplements and shit like that. And like, NPR is literally sponsored by Berkshire Hathaway. Like, you just go, like, it's just, you're not the resistance. You're not resisting fascism. You're so, you're propping up cronyism. You shut the, you're just doing it in this nice, very, con- it's all very 1984, the way they talk about all this shit. It's all very, no, no. So then they're saying now, if you're red-pilled, it's like, you know, there are people to take it to a crazy extreme. But the idea of red-billing and taking yourself out of the matrix is the idea of what, what I was talking about before. Pulling yourself out of the humdrum. You remove yourself from that. Take an objective look at the world. That's what red pilling is. Instead of just being on that treadmill. And they do it. Some people were saying it's an allegory for being trans. Because I don't want to give too many spoilers. But to me it's like. For anybody to write write this article. I forget where I even read it. I read it earlier today when I was prepping for the show. But it, the idea that you took. But you took red pilling like. That No, that you guys did that. You guys turned red pilling into a bad thing. Red pilling is a good thing. Because it means you're taking yourself out of a situation where you're and you're objectively looking at it for the first time. That's all it means. Now, you could come to the wrong conclusion after you've been red pilled. But you have to take yourself out of a situation where you're trapped in a train of thought and look back on it. That's all red pilling is at the end of the fucking day. All right? Either that or it's those, uh, those orange pilling is 30 milligram time release Adderalls, which I don't recommend for anybody. It's too much Adderall throughout the day. Just do it all at once. Crush it up. Bang it out. That's how you got to do your Adderall. Let's get everything done real quick and then relax. What are you doing? You got to be productive all day? Stop showing off, assholes. But I digress. Uh, but it's a weird thing where people get stuck in these things. Like what I was talking about is like they're still talking about everything got very Orwellian over the last few years, the way speech works. So it's like, the amount of people who are like, they were always saying masks. And then it was like, no, they weren't. And then now they're like, well, they weren't saying masks. It was like, but you said they were always saying masks. For like months, everybody was saying, no, they were always saying masks. And I was like, no, I remember being in the supermarket being looked at like I was an asshole for wearing a mask. And then you're like, what they were saying, then they were saying, they were saying the vaccine, they were always saying the vaccines wouldn't do this. Like, no, they weren't. They absolutely were not saying that. They were saying the vaccines were going to get us out of the pandemic. It did not get us out of the pandemic. What's getting us out of the pandemic is fucking Omicron giving everybody COVID and a light case of COVID so we can fucking move on. That is what's getting us out of the fucking pandemic. We're burning ourselves out of the fucking pandemic. That's what's happening. The same thing that everybody said in the beginning. It's like, we just got to wait for this to get become endemic and we're waiting for it to become endemic and now it's going to be endemic. We're all going to get fucking COVID. There'll be another variant that'll affect us all. Even, it'll, it, it, it's going to be like every other coronavirus that ever jumped into a fucking human being except for SARS and MERS which now have probably devolved into common colds. It will devolve into a common cold. It's ridiculous. Um, but it's like you see this with people. People think this about global warming. And maybe I talked about this a few weeks ago, but I had an argument with my buddy Denise online. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. We start talking. We start texting each other. Because she was just like, this global warming is killing us. There's been warm day. You know, it's been too warm. It's like, look at any study on how the human mind is fallible. The human memory is fallible. It's crazy. 
like eyewitness reports or just the way you remember things, the way you taste things. I mean, whatever. You can look at that episode of Seinfeld with Tropic of Capricorn and see the fucking way that two different people can remember events differently. And obviously that's a fictional show, but you know, you get what I mean. Two different people will remember things completely differently. They'll remember the motivations behind them completely differently. They'll remember the events completely differently. Um, and like, I remember talking to her and just like, I just, for whatever reason, I looked up and I talked about this in high society, but I looked up the last hundred years of of temperature, the average temperature in New York City. Because I always just go by the numbers in New York City because a lot of the people I'm talking to are New Yorkers and they're just like, it's it's warm out, so that must be global warming. And I'm like, you're retarded. Like, the, here's the numbers for every October for the last, since the 1800s. It, it goes in waves. Sometimes it's five years of warmer and then five years of colder. The precipitation seems to be higher. That's why we've changed our climatic classification. Or maybe they just changed the way they classify cl- climatical zones. I don't fucking know enough backstory. Um... But I know that everybody's got global warming so in their friggin' heads that you won't, they, people won't even look at that data when they say that. They're like, well, why do I remember it that way? And I'm like, because you've been told to. You've been told to over and over and over again. You're fucking George Orwelling yourself. Stop it. It's lame. It's corny. Don't do it. Think for yourself. Go find the information. Never say... I saw a study. You didn't see a study. You saw an article about a study. Click through to the study. At least read the abstract. If you don't understand the abstract, don't quote the article. Because that makes you a fucking idiot. Just stop doing that. That's the ending message of the show. I've been babbling for an hour. I'm talking to myself. Again, I feel like I'm in a bunker at the end of the world whenever I do a show like this. I'll tell you another story. I don't even have headphones that work in. I'm wearing headphones and they don't even work because the headphone jack in my recorder does not work. Because I'm a fucking insane person. I feel like I'm supposed to wear headphones. I put on pants for this. Why did I put on pants? Because you should be wearing pants while you're at work, Chris. That's why. Why am I talking to myself? Now I'm talking to myself and I'm answering myself. It's been an hour of this. Look, like I said, go check out all the sponsors. Go to briefhume.com. You know how they deal with the fucking things in the promo code. You go briefhume.com slash goon. Promo code's goon. You get 10% off. I don't even need to do a read for them. I just like that product. I, I'm, I'm caught up until next week for reads for fume. But go fuck with fume. And fuck with... Uh, my social media accounts at Chris from BKLYN, Twitter and Instagram. I don't have any events coming up. Catalyst Wrestling will be in Brooklyn on January 15th. I will be at that event as far as I know. I'll be doing commentary. I'll be doing backstage interviews. But Zach's going to be there. Zach Amico is going to be there. It's going to be a great show. NWA champion Trevor Murdoch is going to be there. Um, I believe he's teaming with Homicide. And they're going to be uh, wrestling against Kobe Carino. And Wrecking Ball Wigurski, uh, who that's going to be a fantastic match. Um, I, I'm excited. Catalyst Wrestling Champion, and he's you know he's him and Wigurski are doing big things over there in the NWA. Um, we're starting to do some more work with them. I look forward to where it goes, but it's going to be it's going to be great. Um, look forward to seeing where that goes. Hopefully, come out to that January 15th in Brooklyn. Catalyst Wrestling. Hope to see you there. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you. I tell you we must die
I tell you, I tell you 